What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Noah Khan, a Grammy-nominated drummer who, while only moving to the U.S. from Israel in 2019, has already taken the industry by storm and getting hired by some of the best names in the game. I had the pleasure of sharing a bill with her last month, and... Wow, she's so humble, but such a monster player. Her name will be heard for a long time to come. So I was excited to chat, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with one of my new favorite drummers, Noah Khan, on the five records that shaped her into the player she is today. Cheers. So if you were to go into a Nelson drum shop, pro drum shop, and they said, Noah, here is some sticks. We're going to film you for 30 seconds, no music. What would you play? Hmm. What I'm doing during sound checks usually, just like a funk groove, uh, kick, snare, hi-hat, something like that, I think. <laughs> like a Clyde Stubblefield kind of vibe or like a David Garibaldi kind of vibe or what? Well, David Garibaldi, probably. He's for like sure. a great influence. Um but yeah, I think that's what I did during last tour, during every sound check. So yeah, <laughs> probably something like that. Yeah, Future Sounds. Actually, thanks to uh, Sarb Singh, he finally got me into that book. That book is kicking my ass right now, but it's so cool. I love that book. Yeah, me too. All right, so what was your plan of attack when creating these five? I know that I do give people prompts, but everyone has their own different angle. Is it in chronological order? How did you do this? Uh, I think... I did it in chronological order, like according to dates. Um, but it's also well, kind of like how I uh, studied the drums, or you know, the the my process was starting from jazz, and I didn't pick any like Bop album because I thought it would be too much. I don't listen to to Bop very often anymore. I did start from like jazz and then into R and B, funk and gospel. Like that, that was kind of like the uh, the process. So that's why I picked that. <laughs> How old were you when you started playing drums? I was 12. I, so I played, uh, I played the piano. I mm. think I started at age six and I wasn't very, I didn't practice at all. I sucked. Um, <laughs> no, really, I sucked. I didn't practice at all. But um, I always wanted to play the drums. You know, my parents didn't want me to play the drums, but they agreed to like, <laughs> you know, uh, to pay for uh, drum lessons only when I was 12. So I started at age 12. And, and, you know, I love that ever since I started practicing. Yeah. 
And I mean, the first one we'll get in a second, but that was definitely a little bit of a, you got to be at least a certain intermediate level plus to play this song. But what was the <laughs> first song you learned, if you remember? Wow. The first uh, on drums? Uh, yeah. Maybe like a Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun, I think. Hell yeah. Also kind of an intricate Beatles song too, because it kind of goes into a weird time signature. Right. A little bit, but but of course, knowing you and how amazing you are, I, I'm not surprised that's the first one you tried to tackle. That's I mean, good. I think that was the first one, yeah. Yeah, I think mine was like an NSYNC song or something. Oh, NSYNC. <laughs> I love that band. Oh, yeah, yeah. That and was Justin Timberlake. Oh, who doesn't? Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's just get into your top five or your big fat five. And so the album is Tower of Power. The release here is 1973. The artist is, of course, Tower of Power. Song choice is Soul Vaccination, and the drummer is David Garibaldi. And I will say before you get into this, so Andrew Marshall, which I believe by the time people hear this, he would have been, that episode will be live, but he actually chose the live version of this song. And oh. so I'm curious how, because this this beat is so cool, but I'm curious how the, the album version for you, how that differed from why he liked it. But um. Mm. Take it away, and then we'll listen to some cool. some soul vaccination. Well, actually, so the way like that I learned about the band. I mean, of course, I heard about Tower of Power, but I I was at, at a Berkeley ensemble at Berkeley, like it's the Tower of Power ensemble, um, and I had to learn that song. And what I noticed about David Garibaldi specifically is that if you listen to his live recordings or like you know uh, live shows, he plays different stuff in every show. He even changes his grooves. It's really hard to, like, if you want to learn, like, the exact, I don't know, sticking. Like, he changes stuff all the time. So I had to pick something. Yeah, I mean, the album version is is great. It's, I don't think it sounds as complicated as it is. Because, like, it, I mean, it sounds groovy and cool. But, like, when you, when, I don't know, when I had to learn it, it took some time. Yeah. Uh, it was very challenging. He's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so good. So, like, just, like, unique and, uh, so revolutionary in that in that way. Phil going into that the next section. So good. So if you could think of one stylistic thing that David, you know, imparted on you as a drummer, what do you think that you took mostly from him besides him just being amazing and blowing right. your mind? Maybe so the use of ghost notes and uh thinking of just not playing when I play groove I shouldn't just play like two and four on the snare thinking of just like being more creative with only like kick snare hi-hat uh whether it's like you know adding some hi-hats in between but like when, when he plays you know it's him and it's kind mm -hmm. of with every drum that I picked on this list but um yeah he just makes it as his own do you find it difficult because now you're playing with very successful pop artists 
do you, I mean, how do you grapple with wanting to play all these David Garibaldi beats when <laughs> you know some of the stuff you're playing along to is are really greatly crafted drum parts, but they're a little more two and four focused? Uh, do you find yourself the lead singer going, Noah? <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm trying to, first of all, I'm trying to compliment the music. I'm not sure. trying to. I, I, I'm trying. I hopefully I'm, I'm doing that. You well, do a really good job. I yeah, watched you. you live, so I <laughs> I'm trying to not overplay uh, because, I mean, when David played what he played, it, it complimented the music. That was the style. If I'm playing a different style, if I'm playing pop, it's probably not gonna fit. But sometimes, and even like in the last tour, I had places where I could have a little bit of a solo, or you know, specific sections where I had more room to play fills, and then I could use. Garibaldi influences but like in general it's it's okay to not play that all the time and um like every genre has its own thing and it's okay yeah so I don't think it's it's bad that I don't you know I don't get to play whatever I want all the time because again the music is more important than what I'm playing that's such a good answer <laughs> <laughs> mine would have been it sucks it's hard it's hard because I want to overplay all the time that's that's my answer but you are a professional and that's why you answered that way <laughs> no but then because i've done that before of course i overplayed yeah, yeah. and then i listened to it I, I listened to it back you know i listened back to it sorry and it sucks because you can hear it's <laughs> it's just not complimenting the music so it's not worth it yeah with with my band canons um that we played with you a few weeks ago as we play bigger and bigger shows i i find that i need to play less and less to fill out those rooms the less you play the bigger it sounds and it's definitely yeah I, I i listen back on some of those youtube videos from two or three years ago and i'm like dude shut the hell up ben yes hey y'all i wanted to <laughs> i can't say i wanted to talk to you about a drum i've recently received from preston at vessel drum co it's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum and it's incredible it's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and I regretted it ever since then just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time and I just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye um all right so Number two, the album's Master Plan. The release year's 1990. The artist is Dave Weckl. And I just saw you play a video um, 
of Dave Weckl a little bit ago. You killed it. But so, so then the song Thank choice you. is Festival de Ritmo. And the drummer is, of course, Dave Weckl. So please correct me if I butchered the title of that song, but okay. go ahead and then we'll listen to that song. Yeah, so I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Spanish. I think it's in Spanish. Yeah. One of my teachers in high school, I had a music program in high school. Um, he just uh, sent me that song. He's like, okay, you got to learn how to play it. And back then, I feel like I, I didn't really play it well or I didn't really dig into uh, Dave's playing. But I think it was later, a few years later, when I started to like really transcribe his licks I don't know. I feel like when I was a bit more mature, I could understand his playing better. I don't know if that makes sense. But everything is so tasteful. His sound is amazing. His flow, it's like water. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just like water. And um, I, I'm, I always get inspired from his playing all the time. Uh, it's just one of the best, the best tracks that I've ever heard <laughs> of a drummer, definitely. He's so good. My God. Oh. All right. So number three, the album's live in concert. The artist is Kim Burrell. Kim Burrell? Kim Burrell, yeah. Kim Burrell. <laughs> so this is why this is why having this podcast is really embarrassing because I'm like I've I've read Kim Burrell's name so many times on records and 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 publications, but I've never actually said it out loud. Anyway, so the album's live in concert. The release year is 2001. The artist is Kim Burrell. Song choices: I'll keep holding on, and the drummer is Sput. Wow, Robert C. Wright. Also, oh uh, you don't need to be like feel bad for mispronouncing stuff. Like I'm Israeli, you can see that I mispronounce stuff all the time, so it's all good. And yes, Sput is amazing. Also, an amazing keyboard player, an amazing arranger. It's an, it's annoying how good he is. Oh my yes, God. it is. Like, um, and that's, I mean, I had to pick like a gospel influence. So I was like, okay, it will be it will be this album. I mean, I had so many other influences, of course. It's not like the only albums that I listen to, but um, I feel like, yeah, just like an amazing gospel album. Where were you when this album was introduced to you? Um, I think, well, I don't remember. It wasn't introduced to me. I just I I actually discovered it through Spotify sure. a few years ago. So it wasn't introduced to me. But in general, gospel music. So like I grew up in Israel and I only moved to the U.S. in like 2019. Wow. And we okay. don't have gospel music because like 
most of us are, are Jewish. It's like either Jewish people, you know, Jews or Muslims. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Maybe there's like 2% of the population that is Christian, maybe less than that. And, and we definitely don't have like any gospel music or, you know, uh, black churches or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very cool. Um, like that music, the, the, the gospel musicians are just like, I feel like they have something, I don't know, like maybe cause they, they grew up into it, into playing that music, but they're um, amazing, just amazing. Or, or the best music, musicians, like that's how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bummed or it sucks for me that I didn't have the opportunity to like grow up into that music. I only discovered it late. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I can't maybe change the, Yeah. I was going to say, maybe it's because uh, that kind of music there is so outwardly spiritual. The, the spirituality of the music is so intertwined with what they're doing because it's, you know, it's for for the church and everything. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why they're so expressive. Um, but yeah. Hundred percent, they're amazing. Yeah, I mean that's gospel music changed the game. I mean Instagram wouldn't be what it is today without gospel chops and gospel musicians. Yeah, the best and, drummers are gospel musicians. That's how yeah. I feel. I'm not. I I mean it. Hundred percent. Well, he's ready. Sput's ready for sure. Jeez. Wow, she's a great. <laughs> she's pumping people up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's real. Come on. Clap your hands, everybody. Hey, yeah. yeah. Come on, put your hands together if you're holding on. Our God is the awesome God. He deserves our praise. Hallelujah. So what was the breakdown of the types of drummers at Berkeley when you were attending? That's a good question. And I feel like because there's so many students, it's, I think it's like 5,000 students. And like, I haven't met all of them, but like I, because I love gospel music and there's those stuff I, at Berkeley. I don't know if you know, but like a lot of drummers meet up and like we have three drum sets and we all just shed together. Mm. And I did it a lot with like a lot of gospel musicians who were so much better than me. And I learned so much and I'm like, I got to learn this job. So they were a lot of them. And a lot of them are, are still over there. Or like some of them who study with me like are killing. So yeah, I don't know, maybe there were a lot of rock drummers. Maybe there were a lot of jazz drummers, but I was mostly next to, I mean, next, I was hanging with, I don't know if mostly gospel, but a lot of gospel drummers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I don't know this, but did you graduate or did you start working before you graduated? I graduated. Maybe I should be ashamed. I heard, <laughs> no, I, heard, I don't. 
I mean, you know that, right? Because sure. everybody who, who's touring right now or who's successful, they didn't graduate. That's the story. So I should have uh, quit before or like dropped out. <laughs> but yeah, I graduated. I have the degree and everything. Uh, it was amazing. I love that school. Really. It's, it was like I miss it so much. I miss the people. I don't know. It just And the teachers there, I mean, people also. Like I learned so much from everyone there. And, and, and the teachers, they're just like... Do you know, uh, I have to say his name, do you know Dave DiCenzo? Have you heard of him? I know Dave, I don't know him, but yes, I'm aware okay, of Dave you know DiCenzo. Of him, yeah. He just changed my playing completely. Like he, I don't know, I owe him so much uh, because he's so amazing. And I mean, not only as a teacher, just like a men- as a mentor. So yeah, so I'd recommend going to Berkeley for real. What, what did uh, DiCenzo, what did he do to your playing that changed it so much? Uh, well, he has, actually, he's, he's, he has a new book coming up, but... Uh, Oh, nice. Uh, I remember, yeah, his last book talked about like uh, displacements and uh, one bar clave. He has a concept that he came up with. Like, it, that's his own idea. And you can use his concepts in general on every genre, on every groove. And the thing is, like, I have freedom to use, so I can use my creativity. So it's not like he teaches you chops, it teaches you like a way to, that you can use in every genre to, to be more creative or like that will open your, you know your mind to like new ideas. So it's, I just use it in everything that I do, like in every genre, every, every song. I'm always practicing his ideas, whether it's like on the practice pad, on the drums. I mean, I can't really explain the, the, the idea now, but it's just like, um, yeah, but it's, it's really amazing. Do you know what the book's called? Or is it the one you're talking about? Demi- it's not I think released it's yet. Demystified. If I, that's how I, yeah, it's called, okay. So it's called Rhythm and Drumming Demystified. And he has a new book coming up that I will buy too. Like I think it's supposed to um, to be released like next month or something like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've I haven't really gone down his rabbit hole of his lessons, but as I was just saying, Madden class is also a big champion of him and 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 stuff like that. So uh, and she's amazing, by the way. She's incredible. Like I'm I'm her fan. No yeah. joking. Ditto. Well, she was playing with Big Wild before you, and then. Now you're playing with Big Wild, and she's playing. We, I, I'm assuming you were at the show too. Uh, saw her play with Boy Genius. She oh. killed it. I think she was the highest drummer. <laughs> and what I mean by that is she, her drum riser was so <laughs> it's like five stories high during that yes. show, uh, as it should be because Madden's great. I agree. All right, so number four, the album is Elastic. The release year is 2002. The artist is Joshua Redman. Song choice is Jazz Crimes, such a cool name. And then, yeah, Sir Brian Blade. So he has been getting a lot of love lately, and I'm so happy about that because in the first maybe half of this show's mm-hmm. lifetime, he wasn't talked about a lot. So I think uh, something about him and the zeitgeist right now, but I love it. So, yeah, take it away. Wow. So, okay, um, like I said, in high school, I only listened to jazz. And this is not exact. I mean, it is jazz because Joshua Redman plays jazz, but it's like modern jazz and it's groovy. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to choose Bop, but um, yeah, Joshua Redman is amazing. He's so melodic. I just love his music. And Brian Blade, I mean, so that guy, his swing is incredible. And when he plays any groove uh, or like two and four, like backbeat, it sounds incredible. I love his like overtones on the snare, his touch. It just sounds so natural. I don't know. I re- really love his playing, and it really affected me and influenced me uh, as a drummer. Um, and I think that was exactly at the time where I maybe started playing more 
fusion or funk and I stepped out of the like swing zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely thanks to him. I mean, I, I, I don't think we're going to listen to the, his solo there, but like there's also a solo section there where he's so just so melodic and musical. And I, I mean, again, he has the chops and he has all like, you know, all he takes, he has all the technique, but the way that he plays just just perfect for the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can definitely listen to the solo. We can listen to the beginning, and then I'll just fast forward. There's oh, yeah, no rules. Oh, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. And he's tuning, you know, just like a jam. Of course, yeah. yeah. All, the, all the pitches are so, like, so high. <laughs> the drums. It, it's tuned so high. For people listening, and maybe a little bit for myself, you've, you've mentioned bop a few times. How would you mm-hmm. describe bop as opposed to, you know, fusion? Like, what distinguishes that? So bop... And I think like bebop would be like the, the 40s. It would be like Charlie Parker, like really, really fast jazz tunes that you can't dance to. It's not like, uh, mm. you know, dancing to swing from the 30s. I, what I meant about bop is, I mean, I usually listen to hard bop, which is the 19, I think it's the 50s. It's like a slower swing. I mean, it depends, but it's a slower swing, kind of like the time of, uh, I don't know if you know, but like John Coltrane, mm-hmm. Miles Davis, uh, Hank Mobley. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Mm, I just uh, bought a record from them at Coachella, what? actually. Yeah, yeah. At Coachella, interesting. Yeah, the, I think it's the one that starts off with Monin. Yeah, it's it's my making dinner music in the background. Okay, so that's definitely a huge influence. You know, Art Blakey was a huge influence as well. But again, I don't really listen to him that much, and I don't use. I mean, maybe he influenced me in different ways that I, you know, I'm not thinking of as at the moment. But uh, I don't play jazz. I'm not jazz. But I don't play swing that much. Uh, mm-hmm. anymore so I didn't choose that but um, yeah it's just I, I grew up listening to this which I hope made my playing more melodic uh, because you know I only learned the chops and like the technique to I don't know like double pedal stuff like that I only learned it later like after uh, growing up on you know listening to hard bop all the time so so would you say that Tony Williams when he was younger he was definitely considered a bop drummer hard bop drummer I don't know about Tony. I think it's I think it's post bop because he played with Miles in the sixties. Okay. I'm trying to think. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it was post bop. It's, it's also bop, but there's like different. Yeah. No. This is this is. I'm showing the fact that I know so little about I guess the lineage of jazz, and so that's why I'm I'm forever a student when it comes to that stuff. But that's all good. I mean, maybe I'm wrong too, but that's how I feel like he was a bit more like modern it's not modern the 60s you know mm-hmm. but it's, it was a bit more modern than the 50s um and his playing was definitely more revolutionary and different than philly joe jones and r blakey and max Rose. it was different mm-hmm. yeah tony is amazing as well definitely. yeah for sure yeah i'm 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 really enjoying getting into uh i i bought two records i'm not sure oh chico hamilton was also there, which is a really amazing jazz drummer as well. That I knew n- nothing about just at Coachella. They had a his it was the Chico Hamilton, um, like the quintet or something, and it had a drum set in the front. So I was like, all right, I'll buy it. But anyways, I'm uh, going too far off the topic. Jazz no, crimes. No, it's interesting. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's listen to jazz crimes. <laughs> Brian Blade's so fun to listen to. His sound, oh my god. Yeah, this is probably one of the more straightforward versions of his of groove I've heard from mm-hmm. him. 
I mean, you could run to a solo, but um, oh yeah, let's although, go there. I mean, although I love every like every other part of the song, so let's go here. Did he ever come to Berkeley and do any sort of clinic or? Uh, maybe in the past, not at the time that I was there. I was mm -hmm. only at Berkeley for two years. There's a Berkeley school in Israel. So oh, I did awesome. two years over there and then I transferred my credits. So my time at Berkeley wasn't long. Maybe he came to Berkeley? I don't know. I wish. I wish I could uh, meet him. Well, I want to talk about that. So I didn't know there is, are, are there multiple Berkeleys around the world? A yeah, I don't know all of them. I know there's one in Dubai and then there's one in uh, South Korea. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hope I'm not wrong. And there's one in Israel. There's a few. But yeah, the one in Israel was really great. It is. So the difference is we did have pop there, but like it was mostly jazz. So like all I did there was playing jazz and uh, jazz ensembles. Mm -hmm. So when I came to Berkeley, I was like, that's it. I'm not playing swing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've had yeah. it. Exactly. I'm doing everything else. Like I played in an Indian ensemble, in, you know, the Tower of Power thing. And I did a lot of different stuff. But I was like, no, no more swing. <laughs> I'm not playing swing anymore. <laughs> if you um, show me one more swing song, I swear to God. <laughs> I love jazz, but you see, it's like I love swing, too. It's just like I, I did it. I only did that when you only do one thing. Or I used to only listen to swing, you know, in high school, but only that. I didn't know any other like bands and stuff so when you only listen to one thing it's kind of like when you eat, eat the same meal every day mm -hmm. you get tired of it so yeah. that's how i felt yeah um all right so number five the album is fuzzy the release years mm. 2007 the artist is oz noy song choice is the titular track fuzzy and the mm. drummer is keith carlock i drummer oh that We've I've almost had him on the show multiple times. We've really? been in contact. Yeah, but then he's he's busy. So we're, I'm trying to get him on. Keith, if you're listening, come on the damn show. But yes, take it away, and then we'll listen to some fuzzy. Wow. So first of all, his playing is incredible. And um, what's interesting about his sound and technique is that he doesn't bury the beater. So mm. that was uh, one of the. I sometimes do that too. Like sometimes bury the beater, but I'm trying to still work on not doing that because. The sound is so it like it makes the the kick resonate and it's amazing. Um, it's so good. I don't know because like I feel that a lot of drummers when they bury the beater it just sounds the same way. So it's like doom, and he has his own sound again. Um, so tasteful. I don't know his flow. It kind of reminds me of. I mean, it's, he's definitely a different drummer. It kind of reminds me of Dave Weichel as well because their flow is like water, right? They're mm -hmm. so fluid. Who introduced uh, you to, to Keith and what, what point were you? Yeah. So I think I just lo I loved Osnoy as a guitar player. Mm. Uh, and I think it's my, so my brother, he used to be a guitar player. He's a stand-up comedian in Israel right now. 
Oh, hell yeah. He also has his own podcast, which is very successful. Give um, him a shout out. Yeah. What's, what's his podcast? Well, it's, it's all in Hebrew. <laughs> so I'm sure there's know. one person at least that's like, tell me. Okay. His name is Dor Khan. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's all in Hebrew. It's, it's, it's called the Dorkan Experience, just in Hebrew. Okay. But yeah, he's great. And so he, he used to play guitar. Uh, he still plays it, but like he used to be you know, a really good guitar player. And he recommended me, he, like he sent me uh, one of his albums, and that's how I found out about Oz. And he's amazing. He's, just, he's like a jazz player, but he, he plays everything. And yeah, I discovered Keith Kerouac through him. But then I had a, a teacher, a drum teacher in Israel. His name is Shlomi Cohen. And his playing is like also like really in, uh, like he influenced my playing a lot, but he also introduced me to him. And then I think when I first listened to Osno, I didn't know, I didn't check like all the different musicians that played on this album. And then when he mentioned him and I looked back, I was like, oh, wow, that's the drummer that played with Osno. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so it was also thanks to, to Shlomi Cohen, that, that drum teacher in Israel. So it's both like my brother and him. Have you ever seen Keith play live? No, <laughs> I need to. Oh my god, so many dreams that I need to. Uh, Ditto. Fulfill. Well, especially you coming to America in 2019. Uh, I'm not Before sure if people COVID, yeah. exactly. I'm not sure if people <laughs> remember, but the world kind of shut down for a few years, so you haven't had enough time to really see all the all these greats. But I'm happy that the world's for the most part opening back up, and now you're here. So uh, hopefully next time we hang out, that. You'll have seen Brian. You'll have seen oh, yeah. Garibaldi. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, here is Fuzzy. Gotta have the phaser. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this record. There's also Vinny Caliuta played yes, on this. Definitely. Anton Fig. There's a lot of great players and on Dev, this. He, he played with uh, Dave Weckl, too. Oh, In a different course. album. Uh, or like albums in plural. I don't know. But yeah, he played with everybody. Just like the best drummers. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that's your top. That's your big fat five. So I know we talked uh, before we uh, got on about some of the stuff you're doing, but for everything you would like to talk about, what yeah. uh, do some self-promotion. Where can people find you, learn more about Noah, and hopefully see you live? Where can people check you out? Uh, well, I have a tour in Europe right now. So uh, an upcoming tour in Europe right now. I can't really talk a lot about that, but once I get back, you know, I think I'll, I'll if there's, there's anything that will come up, I will definitely uh, polish about that. But um, you can check me out on uh, social media. So like my Instagram is Noah Khan, N O A K H N. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, um, there's a there's a bunch of stuff to check out on your social media. So if people, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes. Just click on the link, and it'll go right to Noah's page. And yeah, you guys will get your notes out. You're such an amazing drummer. It was so fun to see you uh, side stage, even just during sound check. You guys messing around and and during Big Wild. Uh, if people don't know, the Cannons, my my band Cannons, played with um, with Big Wild at well, I guess Coachella too, but we played directly with you in Berkeley. And just watching you side stage it was so fun. You're so good. Wow, <laughs> and, no, I appreciate it. I always like feel well. We all do, I guess. But I always want to be better all the time. I feel like I mean, especially now after the tour that I like. Like we, we, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. I feel so like rusty, yep. um, but it's also good. It's also good, you know, cause I, I mean, I want to be touring and then, but, um, yeah, I always get inspired from, from people who, you know, other drummers and I always have that thing. Like I want to be better all the time mm -hmm. and I don't want this to end. I always want to like, uh, or, or listen back to, to my plan and be like, Oh, could have done that better, which happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Often. Are you super critical yourself or do oh, you very, kind of very, yeah. very, 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 uh, what about you? Yes. Okay. Well, it's, 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 it's crazy. Uh, and I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think I like my playing better when I don't know it's me, if that makes sense. Wow. And if people haven't heard this, this story, I'll tell it. I live in studio city now, but I was living in more downtown or Hollywood area. And I was living with this guy. We had a studio in our, the bottom of our house. And one time I was doing laundry, which was kind of next to the studio, and he was working on some stuff. And he's like, "Hey, man, can you just go in the in the live room? And I'm just gonna put like an SM57 on the floor. Just play. I have it's like 140 BPM. I just need some grooves to like be inspired by. Can you just go play for three minutes? Just play whatever you want at 140 BPM. Just do a bunch of grooves." And I was like, "Sure." So I did it, and then I came back out, listened to it, and of course I was like, "God, I hate everything I just did. This is the worst wow. drummer in the world." You know, in your head, you're critical. You're yeah. like, ah, it doesn't feel good. And then like fast forward like a month later, I come downstairs to do more laundry and he's working on this song. And I was like, what sample is that? What loop is that? I, I, wow. I like that drummer. And he's like, dude, that was you from three weeks ago. <laughs> and I was like, so once I don't associate it with my playing, wow. it's like, you know, I wish I could have that men in black where you like forget that you just played it and then you can dissect it from just a... Yeah, maybe yeah, it's it, a psychological thing. I don't know. 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm super critical about everything. Like even when it comes to Instagram, for example, I, it's hard for me to, I know it sounds weird, but it's so hard for me to upload every video. I'm so critical. And I also like want to do a, a full take, like perfect take. I don't like fix stuff, you know, or, yeah. but then it means that sometimes I stay up. I mean, I haven't done that for a long time, but when I did, you know, I stayed up till the middle of the night because I was like, well, if the take is not, if there's one snare that's a little bit off or if the <laughs> yeah. sound, if I hit it in a, the wrong place, I'm just going to delete the entire thing. I'm going to do a whole thing. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's also good because I want to be better, but then it comes to a point where it's unhealthy. I don't know. It's, there's, there's the middle ground there, but, um, no, I mean, I get it. It's, it's your online resume and it's, you want to make sure it's good, but also I do grapple with, I believe it was actually speaking of Brian Blade. He was talking about in some interview years ago where your favorite records, sometimes it's those parts in the songs where you can kind of tell they get off from each other or it's that time where the fill, he hits the stick or the rim of the tom, you almost like that humanity behind it makes that record okay, speak to right. you more. And so it's like, but I totally get it. That being said, it's like, throw that out the window. I want it to be perfect, but so no, I but you're right, you're right. Yeah. I agree, I agree with, especially listening to Brian Blade, for example, I'm bringing him up again, because um, in his playing, like every snare that he plays sounds a bit different. Mm-hmm. It's not like other drummers. I mean, that's how it sounds to me. And but it sounds perfect. Yeah. Then it's different. You know, it's not like a, a I don't know a pop snare that sounds the same all the way. Yeah. Uh, but that's the beauty of it. So maybe you're right. Maybe the the fact that it's like human and you know it's natural and it's not like a computer. Um, maybe that's a good thing. All right. Well, I will let you go, but this was so fun. Thank you. I know people are going to take some cool stuff away from this. And again, people go, go down the rabbit hole of your drumming. It's, it was so, again, it was so fun to meet you. So fun to see you at Coachella again, uh, twice. I think I saw you in the crowd listening to Hiatus Coyote. I went up and uh, oh, tapped you on amazing. the Amazing. An amazing show. Wow. Well, hopefully I'll see you soon. Hopefully we'll see each other on the road and, yes. and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in contact, but have a good day. You too. All right. Bye, Noah. Bye-bye. So this week's skinny little one uh, really made my year. It was actually a text message from a listener named John Billman from Marquette, Michigan. And it goes like this. Hey, Ben, I just want to tell you that yours is my favorite podcast. I look forward to the Wednesday drop. I'm an old dude who loves to drum over my garage and your podcast allows me to align with kindred spirits. Your tone is great, your humility is great, and I feel like you're a friend. So thank you because I have a sense of how much work goes into this. But if I can mention an underrepresented drummer, may I please nominate Murph from Dinosaur Jr. And end quote. And John, I already texted you back, but I want to publicly thank you again. It's texts like this that make it all worth it. And uh, it, only, it only took a little bit of time for you to text me that, but the residual effect continues to last and makes me feel really appreciated. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone who's listening still, reach out to someone that brightens your life in some way and tell them. I promise it's a win-win. But Murph was a great suggestion. So here it is. The song's called The Little Baby by Dinosaur Jr. off the 1991 album Whatever's Cool With Me. the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. 
It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!